0: Hello and welcome to Views from the Market, Mid-Market Private Equity and M&A in Canada. My name is Mario Negro. I'm a partner in the Private Equity and M&A group at Elliott. For today's special guest, I'd like to welcome Robin Kovitz. Robin is the President, the CEO, and the owner of Basket Basket BasketSync is a brand that many of you know, particularly uh, uh, Canadians in the audience. Uh, uh, and I'd like to welcome Robin. And uh, Robin, we're excited to have you join us. Thank you.
1: Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be back in touch.
0: Well, and I want to start by talking a little bit about you. Uh, I mean, the the basket story is an, is an incredible story, and it's it's. I know it's a story of many years of hard work. It maybe we we'll first talk a little bit about yourself, and then talk about uh, how it came to be that you uh, are the owner of baskets. Because uh, I think it's a, it's one of the great stories uh, for middle market M&A.
1: thanks so much. Well, I was born and raised in Calgary, Alberta, and I grew up with a family business. So sort of evenings and weekends, I grew up sort of watching my father and we were meat manufacturers so like protein, um, hamburger manufacturers and distributors. Um, I moved up to Toronto to go to Queens and there I studied commerce and I worked in investment banking. Uh, and then from there I went to Harvard, did an MBA and worked in private equity thereafter. And then I reached the ripe old age of 30, which is I think when I originally met you, Mario. And I couldn't, you know, I wanted to become a mom, but I couldn't figure out how I would also still work in private equity where, you know, my competitive advantage had always been being at my desk longer than everybody else. Um, And so I, long story short, decided to leave my career before it was COVID cooled because I wanted to work from home. uh, And I wanted to try and find a small business that I would buy with my life savings and a loan and from my parents and uh, see what I could do with it. And so I actually spent almost four years searching for the right business. Um, and that was the time, I think, when I reached out to you as the king of the search fund paperwork. Um, and I met with hundreds of entrepreneurs in the GTA, uh, toured hundreds of different businesses to find the right one. Um, and my model is a little bit different than a traditional search fund because um, I intend to buy and hold. Uh, and so with a very long investment horizon, obviously, my criteria are a little bit different. But here we are. So that, that was almost 11 years ago now. And I've bought baskets seven years ago. We've done a few follow-on acquisitions in the industry. There's a bit of a roll-up play and just really fallen in love with this. I consider Baskets to be my third child.
0: <laughs> and, you know, Baskets has come a long way. Um, you know, I consider it to be a national brand now. And I'm, I'm curious. I mean, I think it'd be great, Robin, to hear it because I remember when you had bought this business and it really was a small business, capital S small. <laughs> and <laughs> if you could tell us a little bit about the story of how you know, and the strategies they use to get from there to where you are now. Because in some ways, I mean, you've used all the strategies, right? I mean, what's fascinating about this story is you've really kind of multi-pronged approach to growth when, it, when you look at a, a middle market company. Like if there's anybody I know who's, done, who's, who's kind of done it all with the company, I feel like you've done it all with the
1: company. <laughs> Thanks. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um Actually, Harvard Business School wrote a case study about it because I think we were maybe stupid enough to move the business in the same year as we put it in an ERP system, which obviously led to a lot of change. But yeah, we've, we've been through a lot. So the business, we've grown more than 4X in seven years, um, which is a pretty high RRR in, in the 30s. Um, and so part of it has been organic. Part of it has been, you know, with a shift to focusing on digital retail and e-commerce, whereas Catalog was a bigger channel uh, for this business when I acquired it and also moving into other sort of de-seasonalizing the business by moving into other product categories um but yeah it's been it's been a lot of fun in many ways you know the search fund model is is a you know study eddy business and and uh you know buy it with some leverage and just you know continue growing at single digits to double digits and and then exit um whereas my model has been you know i wanted to get to 100 million in sales uh in the first 10 years and 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 really build, uh, like, I'm honored that you think we're a national brand. Thank you so much. Really build a national brand. That's been my my dream and my goal.
0: And can I answer, when you look back at the last seven years, what would you say has been, like, the greatest challenge for you from a kind of growth? Um, when you look at this business and where you started and where you are now, or, or what, is it, what, what, what is it about this business you look back now and think, oh, you know, the, the greatest challenges you faced? faced? Um, you know, both from a growth perspective and just generally, like, what do you find has been the greatest challenge for you?
1: Wow. That's a great question. Um, you know, as a business owner, small business owner, every day I face challenges and, uh, and also opportunities. And you, you have to be a bit of a, an optimist because literally, you know, I get beaten down every week and it's just as an entrepreneur, how you get back up. And, and uh, you know, I, I, our management team, we joke that we throw a lot of spaghetti at the wall and then, you know, some things work and some things don't. Um, but I think the biggest challenge for me has been learning how to manage people. Uh, not even manage people, but empower and lead. Um, You know, it's, uh, you know, often on Bay Street, we're successful because we're good doers, right? As a lawyer like you are or an an accountant or an investment banker. Um, But I think, you know, to build a business or to build a brand, uh, you need to build a team. Uh, And to do that, you need to, you know, build something bigger than yourself. Um, And so that shift in mindset from, you know, putting my head down and doing a spreadsheet or, you know, reading a contract to actually, you know, motivating retaining, teaching, training other people to, to execute my vision and, and have it be a shared vision has been a real shift. And, and it was actually something I, I identified early on that I wasn't great at. And so I hired a bunch of supporting coaches to help me grow into becoming a better CEO. And and really my strategy behind all of the growth is to take care of my people. I think a lot of business leaders uh, focus on profit at all costs. And I think that's absolutely backwards. I think if you focus on your people, your customers, your employees, that everything else will follow. Uh, so we always do the right thing. If there's anything wrong, you know, obviously we we execute at a very high level, but if anything ever went wrong with one of our deliveries, we replace it, no questions asked, money back, you know, whatever. We always do the right, right by our customers. And And I think we're also a great employer and we've built an incredible team. And I really believe that when you focus on your people, that the profit follows.
0: Uh, Robin, one of the things that's been uh, really great about uh, your business is seeing how you've really grown, the, the, used the digital strategy to grow the business. And, I, um, you know, as a user of your, of your product, uh, uh, particularly online, it's been uh, incredible to see uh, how you've used a digital strategy to grow the business. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about how you've taken this business from, uh, from where it was to where it is today and, and the kind of the, the importance of the digital strategy and its use.
1: Sure. Thanks. So yeah, I mean, I think when I graduated from MBA school in 2007, you could just see this this digital wave, this digital retail wave coming. And actually, when I was returning to Canada, you know, I was pitching Holt Renfrew to do their website or J Crew to come to Canada. You could just see that that we were on the cusp of something big in terms of d- digital retail. So when I bought Baskets in 2014, I, I thought there was a real opportunity to sort of transition an old fashioned catalog business that had, you know great reputation and good product base and 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 customer base into like a real digital retailer powerhouse um and uh, i think we've seen with you know the rise of shopify and the fall of of the bricks and mortar retailer um that you know digital retail is the channel that's here to stay um and so yeah at baskets we've invested just a ton of money on seo sem on our actual website and, and there's some really unique features in our cart to make it really easy. For example, Mario, if you wanted to send, you know, hundred gift baskets to your top 100 clients, you could do it with one checkout session on our, on our website, which is you know, quite unusual. And so, yeah, we've invested a ton of money, time and effort into, you know, really being on the cutting edge of digital retail.
0: And are you, I, when you uh, focus on your digital strategy, um, and then I must say I'm a user, I've been a user for years of your product. I love it. Um, but and I noticed the evolution of of the website. Uh, having used it now for years and years, and it's to your point. Every time I go back <laughs> particularly during the holidays, I uh, I find it to be better and better. I'm just curious what goes what goes on behind the scenes when it comes in. you don't have to give us the secret sauce, but <laughs> but I, I've noticed the evolution of your website and and you know in in so many positive ways. I'm curious what goes on behind the scenes to kind of um, get to where it is now.
1: Oh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, we have, first of all, we have an incredible world-class team at baskets. Um, And I guess the next thing is we really believe in that sort of Japanese business philosophy of of Kaizen. And so we are working on constantly improving. So like good is never enough, you know, we, uh, we are constantly trying to get better. And so actually we're going to, you're going to see some big changes pushed through our website in the next couple of weeks, including sort of in January, we're going to be launching a build your own basket again, but yeah, I think you know we we have some incredible talent in house, and we're constantly looking for um, third-party vendors that we can work with who are on the cutting edge. We're, you know, travel the world and look at what people are doing in digital retail, um, and you know, particularly. Uh, using technology to fulfill large and very complex orders. So we, we have orders that are a hundred thousand units going to a hundred thousand different addresses. And, and you can just imagine the complexity there as well as each unit has multiple different components. So in many ways we're in the logistics business. Um, and so, you know, our, our tech backbone has to be top notch.
0: I mean, that, I, I want to kind of focus on the digital, but in the context of COVID and obviously, you know baskets has a retail component and uh, it's it's probably seen all the different facets of covid uh, as a business who's tried to survive over the last year and a half in this new environment i'm i'm curious to tell us a little bit about how you've uh, how the business has survived during covid the, some of the strategies you've used uh, and how how uh, how you see the impact of covid going forward on the business itself
1: Thanks. Yeah, I think it's been a really difficult 18 months for everyone. Um, I remember I was actually on vacation in California when when it happened in March 2020, and we jumped on a plane, rushed home. Um, you know, and at the time, we, we weren't sure whether our business would exist, whether we were going to be in a huge depression, and, and nobody would have any disposable income to afford gift baskets. Obviously, we're not an essential like item that's required to survive. And so we, we actually quickly pivoted and got our medical device license and started imparting face masks. Um, as a management team, we just said like this, we're going to survive. We just decided early on, we're going to just survive whatever that takes. And, you know, some of it was luck. Uh, thank goodness, you know, we weren't a gym or a restaurant and my hat goes off to those industries, but you know, our stores have been closed for 18 months. Uh, fortunately our, our e-commerce business has picked up some of that volume and, you know, we've had, we've dealt with, you know, our share of you know, people being scared and and we tried to move as many people as we could remote as quickly as we could. But, you know, there's there's a core part of our team that had to be in person and stayed in person. And unfortunately, and, and you know, we were allowed to stay open the whole time. Um, yeah, it's it's been it's been a challenge. But, you know what, I really believe it's brought us closer as a team. You know, we've kind of fought through this thing together and come out the other side. And, you know, part of what I love about Baskets is that we're spreading joy, right? Like it's such a happy, fun business. Um, and I think that like humanity was kind of restored in the pandemic in certain ways, right? It made us recognize how important connection is. and in many ways that's directly related to sending uh, sending other people gifts.
0: I want to ask you about where you uh, where you think the business is going. I mean, after after the last eighteen months, and obviously you know you've been running this business for seven years, you've taken it a long way um, and I, you know, can I have two parts to my question is where, where is the growth of baskets? Where What does the future bring for for baskets and for, and for you in terms of where you want to take this business? And and then uh, kind of overlay that with your, I always ask the crystal ball question, which is uh, where do you think this market's going, this world that we live in? You see it, you're on the front lines. I mean, you're on the front lines of uh, the consumer experience. And, and so I'd love to get both your perspectives. Where baskets is going, where you want it to go, and then that, that in the context of where you think uh, where you think this market's going.
1: Sure. Yeah. So for baskets, we've got lots, lots more to do. I think we've really uh, dominated Canada uh, and I think we ship in the US and we're really building a a strong brand in the US. And I think for some of our product lines, we're looking at expanding uh, to other countries as well, which is very exciting. I think part of what really helps us stand out is that we don't put junk in a basket. Um, we are like very careful and picky about what makes it into our basket. We t- try and test everything. And, we'll, and when we can't find something that's good enough, this this we have very, very high standards. We'll actually work with the top manufacturers around the world and make the product ourselves. So we actually have a portfolio of six brands that we've developed in-house. And so what's next for baskets might be having some of those products be available in different channels. Uh, you know, you might be able to buy some of our baby products somewhere else, for example, is, is definitely something that's on our mind. But sort of, Overlaid with your other question about what what we see in the crystal ball is, I think I think we are at a real point in time in retail where the power of the retailer is eroding, and brands are having direct um, relationships through incredible companies like Shopify directly with the, with the consumer, and the value of the retailer being an aggregator uh, in in the context of the internet is less valuable. And so I think we really are at this point in time where you know digital will take over retail, uh, physical retail as we know it, and I think that businesses like baskets are well positioned to benefit from that
0: robin i want to thank you it's been absolutely fantastic to have you uh join us today and to hear the, the you know your great story the great story of baskets and uh and i, I look forward to uh, to seeing the, the growth of baskets uh, uh, across the world to be a great great canadian business story thank you Thanks. so much
1: Thanks so much for having me, Mario. And I just wanted to say that, um, you know, you have been such a godfather in this business of, you know, such a huge support to all the searchers and and such a legend in Canada for the search industry. And it's just an absolute pleasure to have known you over the last little bit and, and to be on your show. Thanks so much.